Hello, America. From Washington, D.C. in our Blaze Studios in the uh, belly of the beast, welcome to Friday. It is the Glenn Beck Program. We have a lot on our plate today. Bill O'Reilly is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking to the the doctor in um, in Oregon who believes that there's really not enough research that has been done on this whole mask thing and lockdown to prove that that is effective at all. In fact, he believes it's making things worse. Because he has said this, he has lost his license. Is that really where we are in America? Yeah, it is. So how do we define America? We begin there in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Oh, you know what I love? I really love this. I saw in the headlines that uh, it looks like the housing market may be headed for a bubble. No, that wouldn't happen with really low interest rates. People going in and buying too much house, and then we have some sort of economic collapse and people lose their houses. How is that possible? That could never happen. Don't worry about it, gang. No, you should worry about it. And if you are getting a new house, uh, if you're if you're having to move or wanting to move, please make sure that you get the lowest finance rate you can possibly get. The interest rates are at historic lows, but don't buy too much of a house and know that trouble is on the horizon. American financing. If you are fiscally responsible, you're going to call American financing. Now, you can not be in the market for a new home. American financing can help you with your mortgage as is. If you're paying 4%, you're paying too much money. And believe me, you're going to want that extra money. 800-906-2440 is the phone number. You can go to AmericanFinancing.net right now, and they will help you. Please be financially uh, and fiscally responsible by going to AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. So I saw a story, by the way, we're uh, live in uh, our studios in Washington, D.C. Uh, my daughter and I are here for uh, the the uh, White House Christmas party tonight. My wife and I were going, but she had to stay at home. And uh, so my daughter, uh, Cheyenne, and I are here for a father-daughter date. Uh, what a cool what a cool thing if you were 14 years old to go to the White House uh, and, uh, and meet the president and first lady and have a Christmas party. So we're kind of here selfishly uh, enjoying ourselves uh, but I will pass on your heartfelt thoughts, prayers, and and uh, and support to the president when I see him uh, tonight. I saw a story last night as I was laying in bed and I was reading the uh, the news that I might have missed, and I saw a story that I normally would not get involved in because I don't like judging people's souls by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but I don't think that's what was happening here. Former NFL coach Tony Dungy has weighed in on the Georgia Democrat Senate candidate 
Raphael Warnock, wondering if Warnock, who's a pastor, qualifies as a Christian given his support of abortion. Dungy questioned Warnock, the senior pastor of Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta, who recently claimed to be a pro-choice pastor. After his tweet, Tony Dungy wrote that Warnock may be a pastor, but my question is, is he a Christian? Does he follow the teachings of Jesus, and does he believe that the Bible is the absolute word of God? Dungy said it's difficult for someone who supports abortion to be a proper Christian. I think it would be difficult for someone who believes in God and God sees us when we're in the womb to think it's okay to choose not bringing that life to fruition. So I wanted to take a different angle on this. Tony Dungy is looking at abortion and I think rightfully saying that when it says, I think it's in psalms or is it palms uh i knew you before you were born that means that that is an individual that is life so can you be a christian and believe in abortion gosh this is one of the most difficult questions that we face as human beings, when does life begin? I happen to believe it begins at conception. It is the only time where we unite with the maker. Three of us make that child. We make the body. He makes the spirit. And I, I have to take the scripture uh, literal before you were born, I knew you because my faith also teaches that it's not a clump of cells. However, I feel uncomfortable saying somebody's not a Christian if they believe differently. But I think Tony just uh, Tony Dungy was justified in questioning that. Not just on abortion, um, but because of his other belief. His other belief is black liberation theology. And so I wouldn't want to give a definitive answer on whether someone's a Christian or not. I find it hard to believe, and that's the way he said it. It would be tough, but that doesn't rule it out. But if you believe in black liberation theology... I do believe it rules you out as a Christian. This is not Christ-centered. And that is Jeremiah Wright and Warnock in, uh, in Atlanta. Now, this is the guy who's running for the Senate. Again, I said at the beginning, I don't like... I, I normally would never go in to judge someone, whether you're Christian or not, because I don't know your heart. You could be a horrible person on the outside and just completely misunderstood by all of us. I don't know. Only God can judge. And I'm super sensitive to it because there are so many people that say, because I am of my faith, I'm not a Christian. 
Well, that's fine. Don't judge me. Don't judge me by what you see. Judge me by what I do. That would tell a lot of people, probably half the country, that I'm not a Christian. Half the country would look at me and say, yeah, he's pretty Christ-like, I guess. That's where, that's where God has to come in. But if I can look at what somebody actually claims they believe, and then I compare it to what Christ talked about and what he taught, I can say whether you're a, Christ, a Christian or not, if they don't match up. And when, when you're talking about black liberation theology, you're talking about something entirely different than what we believe. Now, remember, this is a new idea in 1966. So this isn't some ancient thing. This is 1966. And Warnock, his spiritual leader, is the guy who came up with black liberation theology in 66. He says he's the man. So if your theology is all coming from Reverend Cohn, the guy who came up with black liberation theology, something that is steeped in Marxism, well, then we can judge you on whether or not you're actually a Christian. Not what's in your heart, but what you actually believe. So are you a Christian if you believe in black liberation theology? Well, I don't think so. First of all, because it is steeped in Marxism. <clears throat> and if you do any work, any work on Marxism, you will come to believe that it is uh, from the dark side. I think it's actually from the very jaws of hell. I think it is evil myself and evil for the same reason, except black liberation theology packages it a little different. But evil for the same reason that black liberation theology is evil. It doesn't teach that the individual matters. It doesn't teach that God came to liberate all of us. It teaches economic salvation and how to balance power. That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to give us spiritual salvation. Jesus came to say we are all sinners, all of us. And we all need redemption. And it doesn't matter who you are. You can be rich, you can be poor. Jesus came to the poor for the same reason that most Christian missionaries go to Africa or the jungles of South, Af South America, or they go to Harlem over Greenwich, Connecticut. It has nothing to do with race. It has everything to do with humility. When people are successful, when people are rich, they generally are not looking for any answers because they think their life is full. Now, you can be rich and miserable and that person may be humble enough to actually look and seek a different answer. Why is my money not making me happy? Because this isn't about money. 
Life is not about money. It's not about station. It's not about power. You can be, as so many, including Nelson Mandela, showed us, you can be perfectly happy and spiritually fulfilled in prison. Read the words of Dietrich Bonhoeffer that he wrote from prison. They're beautiful. They're amazing. How could he possibly achieve that when he knew he was going up to the gallows and going to be executed by the Nazis? Boy, I don't know, but I want to find out. I'd love to get there someday. You can't be a Christian and believe that Christ came for economic salvation. You can't be a Christian and believe that Christ came to balance the power. He didn't. He had no power on earth. He he said that. My kingdom isn't here. You can't be a Christian and believe that you need to get them. You can't believe in vengeance. What is the purpose of the cross? What is the purpose of, of a man who is dying in the most humiliating way? You have to remember, having something nailed to a tree in ancient times was the lowest of low. So here is a king who is being nailed to a tree. And he says, while he's dying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Where's the vengeance in that? Where is the get Where is the, you're only doing this to me because of my skin color? Because they also believe that Jesus is black. Historically, that is, he wasn't white. He was Jewish. I don't care what color he was. To me, it makes absolutely no difference. But if you're part of black liberation theology, Jesus has to be black. They base this idea on the Exodus. Well, at what point in the Bible did God turn the Jews around in the desert and say, okay, you need to make weapons and you need to get them. We're going back into Egypt to get them. Never. Never. At what point in the Bible where the Jews taught vengeance. At what point did, did Yahweh say to the, the ancient Israelites as they're leaving uh, the Pharaoh, you're a victim. You're a victim. You have no power. Those who wanted power, those who wanted riches, they were condemned. 
those who had been freed and then turned back and said, we got nothing out here and turned against Moses, turned against God and said, we need a golden calf. They were condemned. I haven't even gotten to my real point yet. Give me one minute and I'll come back. All right, let me tell you about X Chair. Something wonderful has happened in the wide, wonderful world of putting butts in seats and keeping them comfortable. It's the X Chair. And I've been telling you about the X Chair for a while. I'm sitting in one now in our studios in Washington, D.C. They're sleek, they're stylish, top of the line in both comfort and ergonomic perfection. X Chair is the next generation of office chairs, but it just got better because they've just introduced the XHMT from X Chair. It stands for Heat and Massage Therapy, and it attaches to the X Chair that provides heat and massage technology right to your body's core. It helps boost your energy. It helps. It helps with muscle recovery. It increases blood flow. It's great. X Chair. Get the upgrade today with the XHMT. Get an X Chair on sale now for $100 off. Go to xchairbeck.com. That's xchairbeck.com. Or you can call 844-4X-Chair. X Chair, 30-day money-back guarantee. You can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Plus, go to xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code XWheels for free X-Wheel blade casters. It's xchairbeck.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Let me just hit two more points and then I move past this. And the reason why this is important is because this is the stuff that our children are being fed now. And this is a man who they're trying to mainstream. Who is not mainstream. In fact, black liberation theology, all liberation theology, I believe, is dangerous because it is steeped in Marxism it is evil, and it is evil. It is an anti-Christ teaching. You, you fundamentally miss who Jesus is if you believe in collective salvation. And this is something that Obama believed in because he was taught at the feet of Jeremiah Wright. But even Obama politically knew, I got to get away from that. Warnock in Georgia is still defending Jeremiah Wright. And why is he doing it? Because he didn't learn at the feet of Jeremiah Wright. He learned at the feet of Reverend Cohn, who is the author and architect of black liberation theology. He's got it from the source. He deeply believes in collective salvation. Collective salvation means none of us can be saved unless all of us are saved. He believes in, in something that really truly is Gnosticism. And that is there are some people born knowing Gnostic. Gnosis means 
you know you're born knowing well it's not just that some are born knowing some are born and they're irredeemable some are born racist in black liberation theology that would be the white man you are evil and you are racist and that's the way you were born and blacks are not racist they can't be racist because that's the way they were born this is Gnosticism. This is not Christianity. At this time of year, I celebrate Easter more than Christmas, quite honestly. Because I know what Christmas led to. And what Christmas led to was my personal salvation. That came at the lowest point in my life after I was on the rocks. He saved me personally. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you remember those uh, musicians on the deck of the Titanic who just stayed up there and kept playing as the ship went down? Yeah. I'm like them, except I'm yelling to anyone who will listen uh, that the holidays are going to come and be gone and you'll have missed the opportunity to you know order someone that you love the perfect christmas gift from omaha steaks i'm like saying don't go to the lifeboats we got steak i mean might as well go down in style right omaha steaks the deluxe grillers assortment plus four free burgers and free digital meat thermometer at exclusive price go to omaha steaks right now and enter the promo code back into the search bar that's where you're going to find the deluxe grillers assortment which has a little bit of everything in it plus because you use my name you're going to get free four extra burgers it's not just steak it's a fantastic gift and a great way to share the joy of the season it's omahasteaks.com omahasteaks.com make sure you use the promo code back in the search bar And what better way to celebrate Christmas than sh- going to get your Nancy Pelosi bashing material? Uh, BlazeMedia.com. Check it out. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, according to NBC News, Dr. LaTulip uh, in July allegedly told a patient who asked for guidance on when to get tested for coronavirus that uh, asystematic people should not be tested and that wearing a mask does not prevent transmission. The doctor directed the patient not to self-isolate because being around other people would provide immunity from COVID-19, according to the state board's documents. The medical board found that he and his staff refused to wear masks in the clinic and urged patients to remove their own masks. Medical board investigators who visited Latulip in his uh, office said there were no screening procedures upon entering the premises, no hand sanitizers available in the waiting area, which now means this doctor constitutes an immediate danger to the public and presents a serious danger to public health and safety. He has lost his license now to practice medicine. He is joining us now, along with his attorney, Dr. Stephen Latulip, and uh, it's Mariah Gondiero. 
welcome, doctor. Thank you very much, Glenn. Pleasure to be here. Um, first of all, let me let me see if we have the facts right on this. They say that you uh, told a patient not to self-isolate. Uh, you told them not to wear masks. And when one of them uh, said they were going to wear a mask, you dropped them as a patient. Is, is that true? That is all completely incorrect. The truth of the matter is that I gave my patients an informed consent about the mask uh, I practice evidence-based medicine, and I seem to be uh, trying to be told that I have to follow an executive order provided to me by our governor. Um, I don't tell her to pra- how to practice her job, how to do her job. Um, I feel that I need to treat my patients according to the real evidence of medicine. I never once have fired a patient ever uh, for any reason other than being extremely rude or or disruptive, obnoxious to my staff. Secondly, I have always allowed patients to wear masks with no problems. I don't harass them. I simply give them an an informed consent and I say, make your best decision on that. And if uh, they choose to wear a mask, then I allow them to do that. Uh, They lied about me having no sanitizer. The sanitizer is in the front just behind, uh, at the window, because uh, there was concern about people stealing it initially. We have sanitizers. We sanitize each room before and after uh, every patient is evaluated. And um, we also have seen every COVID suspect patient at the end of the day, isolated completely from all my other patients. But the Oregon Medical Board never asked me about any of my protocol. They just stated, I am not using a protocol, and that is just simply not true. So let me ask your attorney, um, because you're an attorney that is uh, a a firm that generally takes on religious cases. Uh, You advocate for faith and freedom. Is Is this a faith question, or is this a freedom question, or is it both? Well, this is definitely a freedom question. And I think what's really ultimately happening is political retaliation. You'll see in the order that they claim this is an emergency. But the first complaint that was filed was back in July. If this was an emergency, they would have filed something then. They had the evidence then, and they didn't file an emergency suspension. What happened is my client committed the greatest offense of all. He attended a Trump rally recently, and it was after that that the board suspended his license. So to me, this appears to just be political retaliation and also a violation of of his due process rights. They didn't give him adequate notice. They didn't give him an opportunity to object or a hearing. They just simply called him up and said, we're terminating your license. Didn't give him an explanation at all. So you have you have said that Fauci is a fraud, um, which you have every right to say. I don't know why all of a sudden it's uh, well, Fauci has become our golden calf, I think. Um, But you say he's a fraud, especially on the mask thing. 
And you make a very good point about hydroxychloroquine. Can you explain what you mean by Fauci is a fraud on this? Yes, it's very simple to put forth. Dr. Fauci's standard, if you will, is that uh, regarding the use of hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID-19, he makes one simple statement. There is no randomized control study. So based on using, quote, the Fauci standard, uh, I would ask anyone to say, show me one good quality study, one randomized control study that shows me convincingly that the mask actually prevents COVID or helps to reduce COVID infection. I could easily argue based on scientific methods that the opposite may very well be true and perhaps that ought to be investigated, but nobody seems to be interested in that because ultimately it comes down to obedience to whoever uh, the current um, chiefs are saying uh, it, it doesn't matter what real science demonstrates to us. But if you look before March of 2020, you see a completely different standard. And then when it became opportunistic for Dr. Fauci to change his tune and now say, oh, let's wear a mask now. He suggested possibly wearing goggles. I was actually waiting for them to say, let's use earplugs, too. That way we can be deaf, dumb, and blind. <laughs> so um, why do you suppose all of this is happening? Uh, why are they coming after doctors uh, like this? Uh, they are coming after the doctors. The key issue that the media, or excuse me, that the uh, po population is confused about is that uh, of the question of early treatment versus no treatment. If you are an independent physician, such as the COVID-19 task force or the frontline doctors with which uh, group I affiliate, we argue that there is a very effective early treatment uh, that can keep everybody out of the hospital. I have done that, uh, but if I am an institutional physician or a hired hand, then I must absolutely say there is no treatment. And in fact, the Oregon Medical Board declared that uh, point blank. There is no effective early treatment at, that, at this time. And that is frankly a lie. I have only treated about 100 COVID patients uh, from start to finish, but the fact remains that every single patient that I treated, uh, the very next day when I would call them and ask them, how are you doing? They said, wow, thank you, doc. I'm feeling so much better already. And every one of them by about one week's time are chomping at the bit saying, I need to get back to work. I feel great. Thank you very much. So I have an extremely effective early treatment protocol. I have had zero failures. And by the way, it is a true statement. I and my staff have never worn a mask throughout the entire pandemic season, but I also have had absolutely zero problems with infectivity. So if you look at the evidence, I would ask the board, show me where I am a danger to society and to my patients and to the spread of coronavirus, because the facts show exactly the opposite. And Frankly, I would never do anything to harm my patients. They are my family.
So let me go back to that question because that was a great answer, but not exactly the question uh, that I that I asked. Let me rephrase it. Um, right now in the media, there is a big push for authoritative sources. So I would not be an authoritative source. Uh, Ted Koppel talked to me about um, people like him having to license people like me to be able to speak to the American people. There is a push to have ABC, NBC, CBS, Washington Post, New York Times. They're the authoritative source and anything that disagrees with them, then social media will weed out. So my question to you was, why are they going after you? Is it the same kind of authoritative control by a group of, of doctors and a, a cutting of the ties of the individual doctor and the individual's opinions? Uh, Glenn, you're forcing me to speak the real issue. The crux of the matter is yes, just as you say, this is at its core uh, not completely about a virus, but it is a very political issue. They are controlling me. They are trying to shut me down because I have a difference of opinion about the mask and frankly, as I stated even at that rally, the mask is, in my opinion, a symbol of submission to a rogue government faction. That's what is at the core of this. It has nothing to do about protecting a population from a virus because the truth is, according to all of our scientific evidence, there is no data to show that it does that very thing. In fact, uh, their big argument is respiratory dropules. Uh, now, if you think about people wearing a mask, fidgeting with the mask all day long, they are spitting, if you will, into the mask all day and then rubbing it in their face, fidgeting. The Oregon Medical Board says that the primary source of contamination is touching the face. Well, everybody that wears the mask is touching their face all day long. And by the end of the day, what they're wearing is a facial diaper completely contaminated, not just with virus potentially, but with all kinds of bacteria that get rubbed on the skin. And then you have pathology caused directly by the mask and possibly increasing the risk of infection. But they don't want the public to know that. So what is what is where do you go from here? Well, um, I believe I started a war that I have to fight and that I must win. I am getting all kinds of support from physicians across the country, uh, from people who are saying, I absolutely cannot wear a mask. This is truly a mask of tyranny, and I'm in for the duration, and all I am interested in is the truth, and I am interested in practicing evidence-based medicine without interference from my government. I am the one with a medical degree. My governor does not have a medical degree. I wish you the best of luck. We uh, stand behind your effort to have a voice and have a position and, and be a doctor. Um, and we will be following your case. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. You bet. Let me uh, tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Honey. It's a fantastic app that searches the web when you're shopping online, finds all the best, best promo codes and coupons to save you money. 
you know, when you go to the checkout cart. Well, you probably knew that, but what you haven't known is that now for Christmas, you can make a list of all the gifts that you want from certain stores, and Honey will watch that list 24-7 and let you know when the prices on anything on that list drops. And they're also having the great Honey giveaway, a million dollars. They're going to start just randomly picking uh, lists and buying some of these gifts for you on that list. Now, it's a random thing. No purchase is necessary. You have to have a PayPal account to redeem the prize. And the giveaway ends December 21st. It's valid only in the U.S. You can enter and get the rules. Just go to joinhoney.com slash Beck. It's joinhoney.com slash Beck. You're listening to Glenn Beck. So there's a trending uh, a tweet from the president, and if people are saying he's conceded. Uh, not at all. That's not what this tweet means. Stu, can you read it? Do we have time? Uh, yeah, it says, now that the Biden administration will be a scandal-plagued mess for years to come. And then he says, it goes on to say, it is much easier for the Supreme Court of the United States to follow the Constitution and do what everyone knows has to be done. So... People are reading because he said a Biden administration and that is a come. concession. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a concession. What he's saying is now that the media and everybody has admitted that it is going to be a nightmare scandal plagued uh, for years. If he gets in, it makes it easier for the Supreme Court to say it's going to be a mess either way. So it takes away the arguments uh, okay. he's alleging. It takes away the arguments of the, you know, the inner fighting and the Supreme Court going, you can't you can't do this. You can't overturn the will of the people, you know, uh, so easily, even if constitutionally it's right, because it's going to be a mess. So he's arguing essentially. He's yeah, good. he's saying that it's going to be a mess either way. A theoretical Biden administration will be so bad the Supreme Court should step up and make it more more of a four more years of a Trump administration. Yeah, you've got you've got a massive scandal on your hands and knowing what we know, not knowing what the regular American knows, but knowing what we know, because we haven't shut ourselves down and refused to share with our audience the facts of what was happening with Joel and Hunter Biden. He's saying this is going to lead this will lead to impeachment. Um, this is not good. It's going to be scandalous because it's not just about Hunter Biden. It also is about Joe Biden. Well, you're going to be seeing him uh, soon. So that's Maybe not a can, concession. You could just run it by him. See what his thoughts are. I guarantee you <laughs> yeah. that's what he meant by that, but I'll run it by him tonight when I see him. That does make a we're, lot of sense. Uh, li- we're live in Washington, D.C., and Mr. Bill O'Reilly is next because it's Friday. <laughs> 